What'd you think of that movie I sent you? This, um, has, no, this has nothing want, to do with Josh Brolin. <laughs> I really don't want to talk about that or even think about it. It seemed like one of the most uh, horrendous things uh, of all time. Well, did you see who directed it? No. It was David. So we're talking oh, about Cronenberg. Yeah, yeah so Cronenberg. David yeah. Cronenberg. I don't know what's wrong with that man, but it seems to me he can just kind of like make a movie about super messed up stuff. And people are like, oh, this is super artistic and yeah. really a great commentary on our society. But just to me, sounds like this dude is messed up. But I'm not going to talk about the movie in depth on this podcast. But if you guys want to go on IMDb, that's Internet Movie Database. I was talking to my, I can't remember who I was talking to. Someone didn't, I was talking to who did not know that. That's what it stood for. But I think it was me. <laughs> it probably was you. Yeah. <laughs> I think my sister didn't know it stood for that either. But. Um, if you go on IMDb and look up the movie Crash, not the 2000s, there's another 2000, not the one movie. that, uh, not the one with Don Cheadle, Oscars, yeah, yeah, not that one. Look up Crash in 1996 with James, uh, James Spader is in it, and basically, the plot, I mean, I'm not, I'm not even gonna go deep in the plot, but the plot is essentially after getting into a car accident, this guy discovers like a subculture of people who, um, they, they just get good feelings from car crashes. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. Um, I just read through the parental guide and I read through the plot and I was reading about it on Reddit and I was like, wow, this movie is, I cannot believe this thing got made. And I can't believe the actors in this movie also. I know this yeah, has I, nothing to do with Josh Brolin. I Brolin's. feel like <laughs> even, uh, even just mentioning this, I feel like we're going to get uh, flagged for this. I didn't, like, I, I, we haven't said I anything. Know, I just I said. Know, it's <laughs> just the subject material. I'm what? telling you, if you, if yeah, you, we don't even know the material. If you no, don't want to ruin your day, if you don't want to ruin your day, don't look up that movie. Okay, don't, no. Just don't do it. I'll say it's going to ruin, ruin your day. I say it, it won't ruin your day if you search the plot, but don't read the parental guide. Do not read it because it goes into like all the bad stuff that happens in the movie and it's, it's awful. Like it's I the worst. It, and, and this movie I has my eyes after reading that. Yeah. This movie is James Spader, Holly Hunter. Like it's, these are like pretty well-known actors. So I just, yeah, I, I sent that to Porter earlier today and i just could not believe what i was reading so i found i saw it on tiktok that a guy was like it was like most mess of movies i had ever seen i was like oh, i've never heard of that movie i'm gonna look it up and I, that was a mistake so i don't think i'll ever watch that movie but just reading about it was uh terrible but and you want to know something josh brolin's not even in that movie so <laughs> this has and nothing to it's nothing to do with josh brolin but so josh brolin so Josh Brolin. I know what I must do. I will shred this universe down to its last atom. What's our objective? To dramatically overreact. Now, never mind, I want a tent. Well, what kind of tent? Kind with most poles. Well, it's kind of a knack I picked up when I near died myself. What's yeah. the one word that comes to your mind when you think of Josh Brolin? 
that's what you told you told me yeah, about I wanted you to think a couple that. days ago. Give me a couple days to think about it. And I have a phrase. Is that okay? I have a phrase say to a phrase. say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my phrase for Josh Brolin is salt of the earth. He's just a salt of the earth mm. guy. Um, I don't know if like he's like, you know, it's like that um Ben Affleck, you know, when he's talking about um what movie is Armageddon. That? Armageddon. He's talking about the Armageddon. He's like, but well, they're just there's boys, there's guys, there's salt of the earth guys. Like, uh, that's that's why I think of Josh Brolin. He's just what about you though? What do you what comes to I, mind? I, my word was reliable. Yeah. I okay. think I think he's just consistently great. Even different genres playing different types of characters. He's not well, yeah, he comes across as like, oh, he's kind of a cowboy type guy. And a lot of his roles generally are kind of within that genre, but he does a lot of different roles within it. Um so you see him play the hero, you see him play sniveling cowardly villains you see him play uh, just all sorts of different morally ambiguous or morally heroic or morally villainous characters and he makes it work because he's a good but, actor but has he ever done a role let's say maybe he gets in a car crash and things happen so. with his wife and they no <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding you know he was actually offered the role of that movie no way you're making that up. <laughs> yeah, making that up. Yeah, there's no. Okay, way. I'm, I'm sorry. I'll get off the crash. I just, man, that really just stuck with my mind. But no, I would agree with that. Josh is, um, he's definitely, you know, you want to talk about like what comes to mind with him. He's definitely that Western kind of, and he, in real life, he's like that too. He's just kind of like a reliable, straight shooter, kind of Western tough dude. So I, I like everything he's in. I'm not like, I wouldn't call myself, the biggest Josh Brolin fan or anything like that, but I enjoy seeing him. Like I don't go out of my way to watch his movies or anything, but it seems like he's a good um, supporting actor in most stuff he's in. And we're going to yeah. talk about a movie that movies that he's the lead actor in and does a really good job in, but I think he's just a really cool dude. I know you were going to talk about a little bit, just kind of like his background. I kind of want to hear, cause I know you mentioned he's from California. He had some interesting background stuff on where he was from, where he came from. So I'd, I'd love to hear about that. Yeah, he's born in uh, Santa Monica, California in 1968. So that makes him uh, about 55 years old right now. Uh, both of his parents were actors. And uh, he, they, his parents divorced. And he uh, kind of because of the divorce didn't think he wanted to go into acting. And then he just kind of took a, an acting class in high school and decided he, he was into it. Uh, his dad is actually, I haven't seen anything his dad is in. Uh, but his dad is apparently kind of famous. His name is uh, James Brolin. Uh, most I, I wasn't familiar with anything he had been in, but he was. This was really random. He was in the new Buzz Lightyear movie. He was in Crash. He's on no, Crash. Okay. Okay, he's, he's in the new Buzz Lightyear movie. I think he played Zerg or something. I'm is not... it, so how old is his dad? His dad's old. Well, his dad's like 80. I mean, 80. So pretty yeah. young. Or 30. I guess that's not that old to be at him. Yeah. Okay. That's, um, um, that makes sense. And then uh, by the point of the kind of mid 80s, he, uh, he got a p pretty decent role in a, a little movie called The Goonies. You seen The Goonies, Sam? I've not seen The Goonies. You've not I know... seen The Goonies. Wow. Okay. I think it's, I mean, I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole. I 
I've never been interested in it. I know what happens. Okay. Like I know the plot. I know he's like the he's like the oldest dude in the group, right? Yeah. Josh Brolin. Yeah. He's like he's like um, a teenage older brother. I know that Sean Astin, you know, isn't yeah. it? But I, it's a movie that I need to get around to watching. It's just sometimes I don't want. I'm not into like the. I don't that sort of movie. I don't even know what you would call it, but I've just never been compelled to watch it. So no, no hate. I'm sure it's a great movie. Yeah. I'm sure I'll get to Fair it. Enough. Yeah, but what's but yeah, he like? Was... In, no, he's old in that movie. Yeah, I mean, he he's the teenage brother, and, and of course, being in the group with a bunch of kids, um, he kind of had to be like a little bit more responsible. But he's still kind of like a a jerk, you know. But he's he's like a tough guy. And there's scenes where he's like, he's he's lifting weights, and he's you know, he's being cool. Is he smoking cigs in it? I don't think I don't <laughs> think he does. But I remember, I think he wears a bandana in it. Yes, and I, I remember I him. He's um he's curling he's curling some iron in a scene, I remember. What would you say he's curling? Like what's his eight rep range? <laughs> what, when he's a teenager in the movie? Yeah, is it the bears he doing kind of like the lame, the little screw on iron? I think I like think pounds? that's what it was. I think that's what it was. Well, you know, back maybe, in the day maybe they were like twenty, twenty-five pounds. Back in the day, people that was right around when you know pumping the iron was getting more popular. So I understand he probably yeah. you know probably wasn't even doing the the best movements for himself, but he's doing something. So I'm glad I'm happy for Josh there. Yeah, or for uh, his character Brand. Character name is Brand. Brand. Yeah, like Brand. Like B R A N D, not Brand. Yep. Brand. Yep. Yep. It's kind of a dumb name. And so uh, he goes on from the Goonies and. He he's in a lot of stuff over the next like twenty years, um, but it's all supporting act, supporting roles. It's and it's also nothing that's really that big. Uh, at the least, I'm not familiar with anything of his uh, from after the Goonies into about 2007, which is pretty surprising to me. You know, I feel like some of those child actors. That like that was a that movie's a big movie. Like he was a main role in that movie, so um, like definitely a cult classic. So I'm very surprised that he didn't kind of get some bigger movies or things that he kind of just skipped around and then really took off. Yeah. It seems like looking at his um, filmography that he just nothing really sticks out to me. Like I'm looking at his list right now and I see nothing. It's just some TV series, a lot of TV series actually mm-hmm. in like the 80s, 90s, um, and then. Hollow Man is the first thing I noticed that I've seen before, which we'll talk about in 2000. So, yeah, it was quite quite a long time. Yeah. And then uh, comes 2007, he gets cast in kind of weird. It's like a they don't really do this that often, but um, it's like a Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez. Like, uh, what do you call it? Uh, it's like a two a two part. It's like two separate movies, a double feature. Um, And so it's one of them is called Grindhouse and one of them is called Planet Terror. And so it's basically like Quentin Tarantino, who's a very well-known director, um, and Robert Rodriguez, who is pretty well-known as well. Um, He gets in that and it's I think it's a pretty small part. Um, But a really cool piece of trivia is so he was working on that movie at the time when word came to him that uh, there was casting for. A movie called No Country for Old Men, which we will talk about um, at length later on. And he's on set, he needs to do his audition tape, 
and send it into the Coen brothers who are directing No Country for Old Men. And he has Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez shoot his audition tape. And they do the lighting and the framing for the camera. Um, and like it's as professional of an audition tape as you can have. And so he sent that into the Coen brothers. He got the part. Uh, but funny, the the Coen brothers, their only comment about the uh, the audition tape was the lighting was really good. That's it. Um, but but apparently it's good enough to get him the part. Um, actually, really, his first like starring role, yeah. top bill, No Country for Old Men, the Coen Brothers, really big directors. Um, and really from there, he started to pick up a lot of steam. And uh, over the next probably fifteen ish years, he's he's had a lot of. Um, big supporting roles in big movies, leading man in some cases, um, as well as starring in two of the uh, highest grossing movies of all time. Yeah, and he actually auditioned for the role of Anton in No Country for All. I'm kidding. He did not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just imagining. He's like, got it. <laughs> he's just doing he's doing that scene for no country woman they're like hey you know you didn't get it but we have another role in the movie what's well, most you ever lost in a coin toss <laughs> can't can't quite see that uh oh yeah i just um i did i thought that was kind of interesting that they're like yeah we'll do the we'll help you do the audition tape and everything like that so yeah i think um he's got a pretty interesting story it's funny though there's almost some parallels there with Kurt Russell, who's in the other part of that two-parter. Oh, yes. Um, he's in Death Proof, but Tarantino, or excuse me, Kurt Russell hadn't been acting for like at all, or he hadn't been in a big movie in like a couple years or like four or five years. And so that was like the first movie he got back into like this swing of things. So I thought it was just kind of was interesting parallels that he yeah. and um, obviously Kurt Russell had a ton of huge hit movies back in the 80s and 90s which Brolin did not have but I just thought that was kind of interesting but yeah. do you want to jump into the high-low jumping into the high-low so uh cool yeah so we, we start in high we start in low I'll yeah I'll start us off with the uh the low okay. so we'll start the low so as you know with the high-low we look at the bottom of his lowest rated movies. We talk through them and we pick one we watched. Um, I've actually seen what two of them on this list technically because Porter and I watched one of them and I had already seen um, the one also at the bottom of the list. And then um, same thing with the high, we are going to pick one that we focused on with that. Um, I'll just jump into the low. If that's cool with you, you can jump take in. And then, yeah, we'll jump in. So, on the lowest rated movie, this we're using IMDb and pulling in some Metacritic um, when uh, we need it. But we have Hollow Man, um, The Mod Squad, which I've never heard of, and uh, Jonah Hex. And Jonah Hex is the one we watched. Hollow Man I had seen. I think it's a very worth, uh, worthwhile movie if you guys have never heard of it. It's kind of like a retelling, different take on The Invisible Man. It's got Kevin Bacon in it. It's pretty creepy. Good special effects. So I'd say that's worth it. Um, did you read anything about the Mod Squad, Porter? Can you tell me what that plot is? I can tell you a single thing about the Mod Squad. Okay, well, why don't you pull up the Mod Squad okay. while I talk about Jonah Hex for a second? We're going to yeah. focus on Jonah Hex more, but I don't even know the plot off the top of my head. But and then finally, as I said, we have Jonah Hex, um, which was a 
based on a DC comic, came out in 2012 or 2010, Porter. Uh, 2010. 2010. Um, it was and it had Josh Brolin, Megan Fox. Um, it's it's a very loaded cast, actually. Um, John Malkovich, Will Arnett is in it. Wes Bentley. Um, Wes Bentley is an actor, and so he's an Interstellar. He's also the dude with the flaming beard in the Hunger Games. I, I he's the game master in the first Hunger Games movie. I can't think. That's who Wes. He's Bentley. in. Uh, he's in Yellowstone. Yeah. He's Michael. In... Yeah. But you know, you know, you look him up. You're probably gonna be like, oh yeah, I recognize that guy. He's in a good amount of stuff. And uh, Michael Fassbender, who's you know a really big time actor in this one. And another one that stuck out to us, which we'll talk about too, is Michael Shannon is in this movie. He is an actor. Um, he, he's been in a ton of stuff lately. Like he's in Knives Out. He's was in the Super Man of Steel as the villain. Right? Wasn't that Michael Shannon? Yeah, he, yeah he's yeah. General Zod. He's yeah. in Michael Shannon is in this movie. I'm not kidding for five seconds. It's yeah. five seconds. And he just is a random character that doesn't get introduced. No other characters talk to him. He's just in the movie. And I'm wondering, as we talk about uh, this movie, if there was stuff cut out or what was going on there. But yeah. So jumping into Jonah Hex, that was the film we picked. The low of the week that we picked to watch through. We actually got to watch it together. I was up in uh, Manhattan this weekend. So (laughs) what are your thoughts on Jonah Hex, Porter? I know we, we spoke about it, but what what was your IMDb? We can, or sorry, we can go into our letterbox ratings and talk about what we liked and what we didn't like. I gave Jonah Hex it out of five. I'm giving it a three. Out of a hundred, I'll give it like a sixty-five. I enjoyed I, it. I liked <laughs> Jonah Hex. I, I liked it. For me, and I kind of told you about this. My for me, a three star on Letterbox is hey, I enjoyed this movie. Probably wouldn't watch it again. Like, th- like I wouldn't choose to watch it again. Maybe if it was on TV and I'd catch the end of it or something, I'd do that. But um, I enjoyed it. It was a fun movie. It was super short. <laughs> that was something we noticed right before we started. It's like it's an hour and nineteen minutes, which for an action movie, not an action movie where you have a lot of characters based on a comic. That is insanely short. But yeah, I I enjoyed it. What what were some of your uh, what were some things that stuck out to you that you liked the most about it? I think I don't know. It just felt like a very like because going back to this period of like comic book movies, action movies, where it is just yep, we're just gonna take this one character and we're just making this movie. Not this is before like okay, we're doing a whole cinematic universe. And obviously, there had been franchises at this point. There's something just very kind of almost like innocent. Like it's just, it's not super ambitious. It's just trying to be a fun movie. Um, I I think it gets it. You know, it felt like it wanted to be. I almost feel like I could pick these graphic novel movies in the six year period from like 2006 to 2012, um, like 300 uh watchmen it almost if i almost want to put it in that vein where it was trying to it wanted to be those movies but it wasn't like there was just not enough budget there wasn't enough uh you know effort put into it but there were some things i liked i thought some of the action sequences were pretty solid there was some bad cgi i'll be honest but the process he had basically in the film jonah hex played by josh brolin he's got this um he's burned on the face 
from this brand he got from his enemies. And um, we're going to go into some spoilers. So, you know, if you want to watch this movie, not get spoiled, uh, skip ahead, I guess. Yeah. I guess real part. quick, just kind of like a little bit more specific plot stuff. Just so it's in like uh, the 18, uh, probably like 1880s after the Civil War. Uh, Josh yes. Brolin plays Jonah X and he is a ex-Confederate soldier. Um, he was like betrayed by his by his uh, the men he was with, and he was left with a horrible uh, scar on his face. And as a result of what happened to him, he is his his close um, close call with death. He is able to basically see the spirits of the dead, and he's able to communicate with them. And he uses that during the course of his bounty hunting. So yeah, uh, to find a little bit more, and then. Um, as the, the plot goes on, the U.S. military uh, decides to uh, uh, bring him in to help bring down his old crew who have a, a bad, evil plot afoot. Yeah. <laughs> evil plot. And it's John, John Malkovich is the leader of the group with Michael Fassbender, who, honestly, Fassbender was great. We'll talk about later. What cracked me up is that in the movie, you know, it's based on a comic book, so he has this ability to talk to the dead. Um, which is really well done in the movie. I thought it was really cool how it would like the dead would be reanimated and he could talk to them and they're fully alive again. And they would be so like out of it. And like, it was just a weird thing for them. But we found out that this isn't in the comic book. This is an ability they gave Jonah Hex for just the movie In the comic books. Apparently he does not have the ability to talk to the dead. He's just like really good at shooting and he is just a really yeah. good like tracker they just made this up, which honestly, I kind of like. I thought it was a cool aspect of the movie. It was probably, if they didn't have it in the movie, it would have just been a weird Western. Because um, this movie has a little bit of the steampunk Western vibes. Like, basically, as you go further down the plot, to summarize it short, John Malkovich and his crew, they find this, like, atom bomb. It's like this bomb material that will wipe out, like, cities and they're trying to destroy the planet basically i don't even know why they don't even have like a agenda of like we need to rise from the ashes but so it's definitely far-fetched steampunk like mass weapons of destruction um so i feel like just adding him the ability to bring back the dead gave it a little bit more um juice a little bit more you know cool character interactions and stuff like that i'm just so fascinated by the let's create a superpower for the main character to have yeah um, that's weird try to think of any the only other thing the only other example that i think comes close to something like this is in the original superman movie from 1978 where they, he has seven and obviously superman has a bunch of powers and you think that's enough but they add in stuff where he he flies around the world so fast he turns back time. He the the S on his chest, he can like take it and throw it off, like a like cool, a actually. boomerang. It's weird. It's really weird. Um, in Superman four, he can like rebuild walls with his yeah, vision. They're just yeah. giving him ridiculous yeah. powers. Yeah, that's um, that's but, a good that's a good point though. I was also thinking, kind of made me think of, this isn't the same vein, but it's like Spider-Man 1 where they gave him bio, you know, 
web shooters that he could shoot out of his wrist. That's technically wasn't a power he had before the ability to create web, but they did it for the movie for the plot. So uh, obviously a different situation, but I thought that was kind of a similar vein. Um, But some things I, I was just like looking at the list of notes I took from the movie. Um, I thought the music was cool. So interesting thing about this movie is that they, the composer worked with Macedon and, Sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. It's a heavy metal band. I know a couple of my cousins, they love that band. Um, so it the music had like orchestra and like heavy metal guitar, which was, I thought, an, a good choice. It reminded me of Mad Max a lot in some ways of the metal. And apparently, though, I was reading the trivia and like Macedon was not given a good heads up. And it was like a terrible process working on the movie. And it was just really, really not well done. Um, but that was something I really enjoyed. What were some things that you that you really liked in the movie? Outside um, of what you talked about earlier. I, I think there was a lot of it that was just, it was so ridiculous, but in the best way. Um, the first the thing that comes to mind. Yeah, he's riding <laughs> on his horse, and he has two Gatling guns, or I guess like mini guns as they would be called today. He has two Gatling guns on the side of his horse. And he just uses, he wheels the horse around and he shoots people. Um, and he's it's got the, awesome. this explosive like crossbow thing. It's just, it's absurd and and I think all the right ways. Yeah, it was like the scene, the beginning of the scene. He does this like he, it's like get introduced to the character and he returns a bounty and he basically yeah. just destroys the town because they're like, <laughs> oh, thanks for bringing the bounty. Uh, but there's a head, there's a price on your head for twice the price, and then they turn on him, and he just pulls out. Like, why would they? How did they not see the Gatling guns on his horse? And then he just shoots a lantern and blows up the sheriff's office. But it's the biggest explosion in the movie. It basically destroys the town. So, um, just it was it was so over the top. But I I was telling you, Porter, I think if they would have made it rated R and spent a little more effort, it would have done better. I think they would have pulled. I think you, they just would have pulled in a better market for an R-rated movie if they just went over the top violence and made it brutal. I, yeah. That's that's just my opinion. Speaking of it not doing well, so the the budget was about forty seven million dollars, um, and it made about ten million dollars. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it didn't do not too. not the not the best uh, box office. Uh, for sure. And was it? We we had a suspicion about this. W- when did it come out? Was this a like a Fourth of July movie? I, I, here, I'm trying to keep find talking. It. Yeah, I think I want to say that it did come out because they make a lot of like ah oh, that those that was a great fireworks show. You know, there's a lot of it takes yeah. place on the Fourth of July. Um, oh, it was uh, June June eighteenth. Okay, so it was it was close. The sum- it would have been running during Fourth of July. A summer so. blockbuster. My favorite scene in that movie is when they give a, they give the president a heads up that hey, these guys got weapons of mass destruction, and he's about to. They're like, oh, where are they targeting? They're like, they're targeting Washington, New York, all the World Fair, blah blah blah. And he's like, oh no. And then the next time we see the president, he's having his big parade and speech still like when he knows that there's weapons of mass destruction out there and they're probably gonna target him like he's like oh that's bad and then he just continues to do his parade and stuff and they almost get all bombed but luckily you know 
Jonah saves the day. We haven't Jonas talked about we haven't talked about Jonah's little sidekick, which is Megan Fox, and she's a prostitute in the movie, <laughs> not in real life. She uh, she plays yeah. I mean, I don't know how to put it in any other way. She plays a prostitute that Jonah has had various encounters with, as we see implied encounters, as we can see in the movie. Um, but you know, she's. She's kind of a girl boss in the movie. I mean, wouldn't you agree, Michael? She she gets yeah, yeah. She she's scrappy. She's uh, you know, not not helpless by any means. She uh, she no. definitely kind of handle herself when it comes to the the goons and the all the henchmen and whatnot. Um, I was but, uh, yeah. I was really expecting them to pull. I told you this. I said I'm gonna bet that. Megan Fox's character in the movie is going to have a little sister and she's like, oh, I got to do this so I can get me and my sister out of here. But no, she's just she's just just a prostitute. She likes Jonah. She loves. I think she has a little soft spot for Jonah, though. I think she would run away. Like you can see this dude comes to her and she's like, run away with me. Um, Her name's Lila. But and she's like, no, like, get out of here. But then she kind of like implies that she would leave with Jonah. So. Jonah, you know, Jonah had a family in the past. His gang killed his wife and kid, but he's got a new, a new uh, interest in Lala, which, as the movie goes on, he is basically just going like not even pronouncing her name because he's got such a gruffy voice. Um, what about and and we've mentioned it before. I think this is where we should get into what I think is the the objectively worst part about the movie. I think there's a lot of stuff in this that is not great. But it's not great in a way that's like it's funny, or at least it's like you can kind of laugh at it and, and enjoy it. Um, but what I think was just objectively bad, and I think there's probably a lot. This is probably like the a very important aspect of why this movie turned out the way it did, and that's the editing. It's so um, bad. So off the top, one hour nineteen minute runtime. That's pretty short. Lots of cuts. A lot of stuff had to have been cut out. Um, Oh, yeah. There's a lot of scenes that just feel like there was meant to be more to it. Um, We basically get his... Yeah, we basically get his origin story in, like, a minute. Like, there's no buildup of him working with... Because he betrayed the gang. There's no buildup of him working with him in the past. It's just, boom, his family is getting murdered by this gang that he was apparently once close with. But yeah, just what are what's some other editing that you noticed? That was just well. So we see we see the opening scene. He gets the uh, the scar on his face. Yeah, um, and he's left for dead. And then we get like a two minute animated, like here's what yeah. I did next. He's like the uh, the Indians took me in, and I was close to death, and so I can yeah. see the dead myself. And it's like it's it's just it's animated. I, it's like really animated. Yeah, it's animated, and then and then it's not. And what I think that just reeks of is, oh man, we should have we ran out of money, or we should have shot some more. How can we like get this sequence into the movie? Yeah. Well, let's just animate it. And I get like this movie came from a comic book and I think there was a way to do some animation, like maybe in a transition or comic book animation, but it was totally a, ah, we forgot to film some stuff and we need to explain his backstory. So let's do some narration with an animated segment. And they didn't, and it would have been one thing if they did an animated segment, like to end the movie, but no, you only do it at the beginning. 
and then that's that. Oh, it's actually, it seems that, um, so John Powell was actually going to be the original composer with Macedon, which John Powell did How to Train Your Dragon and oh, okay. some other good stuff. But then he left and they brought with uh, Marco Beltrami, who I've never heard of. So Macedon, this is what I was alluding to earlier, mentioning Macedon was very frustrated because they like had already done a bunch of stuff for the movie and there was a bunch of reshoots and re-edits i'm reading through about this i don't know if you can find any more about the editing which would make a lot of sense with our problems with the movie but they were really frustrated there but the, yeah the editing was just so choppy there was like fight scenes where i set out to i was like that was eight cuts for yeah. one punch where it's just like you don't need to do yeah that. like it, I, it gives you a headache to to follow along because there's a a decent amount of fight scenes and we're talking kind of like either hand-to-hand fighting or like shootout sequences and uh they're all just cut so quickly it's exhausting trying to follow along with with what is actually going on yeah and it seems like um josh brolin the that the film became, I know I'm like reading about that. He admitted the film became unsalvageable on account of its troubled production, but that everybody in the movie wanted to make it good. Like he was invested. I found some talk shows that he like enjoyed it, like getting into the character and stuff, but it was just, you know, not well done. And they had a, it seems like a really missed opportunity because Fassenbender, I really like him in the movie. He's playing like a crazy Irish dude. And I know you said he's like Irish in real life, isn't he? Like from Ireland, I think so. Um, So he's playing like this crazy Irish dude that's like tatted up, and you can tell that Fassbender is just having a good time, and it seems like Malkovich is having a good time. So I think it has some redeeming qualities in this movie, but they missed out on making it cool. And I mean, they could blame. I'm reading here that they blamed it flopping because apparently like 30 countries were cut out of its international release or something like that. So. It, to me, Tough. it sounds like this movie just ran into a lot of reshoots, a lot of turnover in the cast and crew, and, you know, they got a movie made. I mean, they pushed through and got something put together that had some redeeming qualities, but um, it is what it is. I did, I did enjoy Jonah Hex's libertarian political agenda in the yeah. movie. That's my favorite thing, is what, what's the comment he makes where he's like, oh, I, I don't both sides are idiots so when he's talking about the confederates and union which i'm kind of like i was hoping he, you know he may have been like oh the union was definitely more right or something like that <laughs> he was definitely just super libertarian anti-government yeah he's like um he's like well i just don't like being told what to do that's why i thought <laughs> for the confederates but but he does it is made clear that uh he did not support slavery Yes, he does not support slavery because they make it clear because one of his friends is African-American. So that is an automatic, okay, he's not racist. No, But he he does, outside of him being good friends with, um, who it's Lance Reddick, um, the guy in this movie, one of his buddies that is kind of like his weapon supplier that gives him like the cool explosive crossbows. Um, and Lance and his ki- Lance has kids and, you know, so Jonah's helping him out. And Jonah's like, hey, by the way, I hate rape. I hate slavery. You know, slavery's bad. So I think Jonah, Jonah Hex has some redeeming qualities. 
I would have liked him to take maybe a little bit of a stronger stand on uh, not being a Confederate, but I guess we can move past that since he does denounce it later on. Just maybe not as strong as I would like him to. Uh, this just in, uh, Jonah Hex has been canceled for his uh, affiliations with the Confederate Army. Another thing the movie that kind of made me laugh with, it, which is just a good trope, is the end of the movie, you know, the classic trope of, oh, they offered me a job, but I'm not taking it. I like who I am right now, and, you know, work alone. why would I change? Because they... the. <laughs> The pre- I'm not making this up. The ending scene, the president, who it's Ulysses S. Grant, right? Yes. Grant, yeah. Ulysses S. Grant, he goes up to um, Jonah and goes, America needs a sheriff. And he gives him a sheriff badge. Like, he would have been the sheriff of America, which is just so over the top. But, you know, Jonah turns it down because he's not going to be, you know, a government he's workhorse. Like, he's like, I don't want a boss. Yeah. He's, he's like, come here, Megan. We're going to run away and it's not polite if they want to start a family or anything i think maybe he just enjoys i bet they're just gonna go out and uh bring justice uh to some some bad folk and uh have just you know dish out some i don't know some revenge or something <laughs> and uh i guess the last thing i have on it is that will arnett's in the movie i don't know if you know will arnett he's like a wacky like he's a comedic actor he's very funny he's my favorite will arnett role is hot rod when he's the jerk boyfriend i don't know if you've seen hot arrest arrested development arrested development is like his biggest thing yeah but he's like a serious lieutenant and for the union is he in the union army yeah and it's just like i cannot it's fine it's completely straight but it is really bizarre seeing a comedic actor just I, i kept expecting some kind of joke or like a bit or something. Um, and uh, I guess my last thought is uh, I, the tagline is, is great. The tagline for the movie is revenge gets ugly. He's, I get it because he's Cause ugly. Because he, he's ugly. He's got he, a big, big old scar on his head. Yeah, the scar prosthetic is pretty good. He has almost a two-faced thing where his right teeth are always showing. Um, and apparently I'm reading that the prosthetics were like, he couldn't eat. Um, it took a really long time to get him on. He couldn't shave one side of his face. Apparently like it would mess it up. So he had like half a beard. Um, cause he Sorry. couldn't shave that hair. He can only, and he, his other side was clean shaven, but also I'm reading that apparently the dog spent an hour in the makeup chair. Apparently the dog was supposed to have a mongrel look, but it looked like a normal dog to me. Did it look- <laughs> Did it look like a normal dog to you? I mean, I could, I mean, I don't know. I guess, like, now hearing that, I think, yeah, the dog did look kind of. Well, like where did the dog come from? I don't even. I, Remember, he I'm, found the dog at the circus. Yeah, but. The circus where we where we saw Michael yeah. Shannon for oh, yeah. 30 seconds. We got to talk about that because, real quick because yeah. Michael Shannon is like a, a very big actor like he's done a lot of a lot of stuff he's well known now and he's in this movie for five seconds he's like the circus headmaster and you'd have it's like a blink and you miss him over you're like oh that's michael shannon yeah (laughs) and michael and i were like oh hey we're gonna get you to some michael he's gonna be a character for us the movie now he says one word or like another sargage and then we never see him again (laughs) which was just 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 bizarre yeah really bizarre (laughs) 
that had to be something that was uh there had to be a couple scenes more where he he talks to Jonah or he he points him in the right direction or something like that but it it was cut out that's the only thing that that thing makes sense yeah i i think there probably was going to be more where he got information from uh Michael Shannon's character but overall I enjoyed watching. I know we're probably going to watch some really bad movies with these actors, but you know, I'm going to give props to Josh Brolin. He put effort in this movie. I do not think it was a cash, you know, just what, why am I missing the word um, here? Okay. Um, ca- cash grab. Yeah. It wasn't a cash grab for him. I think that he actually wanted to make this movie good. I think, you know, he knew of the comic book and had read it. So I think he, you know, he wanted to make this something special, and it w- in the end, it wasn't really that bad. IMDb gave it a 4.7 out of 10, which I think is way too harsh. I did not think it was that bad. Um, I think they're just being way, way, way too hard on it. I think it was, it was enjoyable. If you see it on HBO, you know, we unfortunately had to rent it for like $2. Um, but see it on HBO, maybe give it a watch. That's all I got to say left about Jonah X. You have any yeah. final thoughts there? Um. It's a good time, you know, if you're looking for something just kind of dumb and fun to watch, uh, maybe with your friends or whatever, give it a shot. It, it's a good time. And then after you watch that, you need something a little more serious. There's this movie called Crash. Um, it's directed by I'm kidding. OK, yeah. <laughs> let's ju- let's jump into uh, the highs for Mr. Joshi. For the highs, we got there's a little bit. If you would you mind pulling up the Metacritic, actually, Michael, because I kind of wanted to see to. what they said yeah. for the IMDb highs. We we technically I must say this is three movies. We have the Avengers Endgame and Infinity War. Um, those are both, I think, pretty split. And Josh Brolin plays Thanos in this movie. So it's technically a motion capture performance um, and not his actually himself in person. And then No Country for Old Men, as we've mentioned. And then finally, Dune. But do you see any other ones in the top three or four that I did not mention on Metacritic ratings? Um, Metacritic has Sicario up there. I, I need to watch that. I, I heard I heard now it's good. I need to watch that so bad. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty close between the Metacritic and IMDb. Okay. Honestly, you know, we could talk about Thanos. We talked about his mocap performance, which is great. Um, but I really, I really, really like him in Dune. I know he's not in it for too long, but he plays that role really well. And then we can also talk through No Country Full Men, but Dune is just, I love his role in that. He's just, oh, his character is just so great. great. And the way he plays it is so great. Even if he's not in it for very long, I know we're going to see more of him in the second movie. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, kind of diving into No Country for Old Men, which is probably one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, I, I've seen this maybe 10 times. Uh, I think it's so great. It's 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 just excellent is what it is. It's, uh, or, yeah, it's direct- you go ahead. No, I was just going to say it's directed by the Coen brothers, which as you know, if you look at the Coen Brothers filmography, they have done a lot of like just wacky, dry humor comedy movies. Mm-hmm. I think is what they're really known for. Um, you know, oh wow, Raising Arizona, which is mm. my dad like my dad's favorite comedy movie ever. Um, 
why am I forgetting that the soggy bottom boys? Oh, brother, where art thou? Yeah, like that's a very dry humor. Yeah, um, but I'm in terms of other dramatic movies. This is what I was going to ask you. Paul. Oh, they what, did. What else they, did they do? They did um uh, Big Lebowski. Okay. Oh, they yeah. did do Big Lebowski. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. But that's still almost that's kind of a dry comedy movie yeah. again. It, it, but No Country for Old Men. I don't think there's one scene where you laugh in that movie. That is the most. Maybe, maybe because something is just so absurd. Um, and th- there are a handful of scenes where I think you do kind of want to laugh. Um, yeah. But, it, but not because it's like funny, but you laugh because it's just, this is nuts. Um, and I guess kind of real, real yeah. quick. I, I'll Jump into the plot. plot. Yeah, and then we'll yeah, go so, more into spoilers if you haven't seen it. So just a heads up after we talk about the plot and um, Josh Brolin's character role in the movie, yeah. we'll go into more spoilers. Yep. Yeah. yeah, so No Country for Old Men is about a uh, hunter named Llewellyn Moss, played by Josh Brolin. Uh, and this takes place in about 1970, 1971 um, in Texas. And... Just kind of while he's out and about hunting, he discovers the aftermath of a drug deal gone wrong. Uh, there's just a bunch of dead bodies, a bunch of um, uh, drugs, you know, left behind. And he also finds a briefcase full of money, about $2 million worth. So he takes a briefcase, and lo and behold, some of the folks who uh, had wanted that money uh aren't gonna stand by and allow him to take it and they set one of the most uh probably one of the best movie villains of all time after him uh anton chigurh played by javier bardem uh and then you get just an amazing cat and mouse uh thriller where uh llewellyn is is trying to outsmart and outrun anton chigurh and chigurh is coming after him with really a Terminator-like um, ferocity and tenacity. Yeah. And he, in the movie, um, there's a lot of, like, video essays out there on Anton um, Sugar. Is that how you say his name? Anton yeah. Sugar. Yeah. Um, he is, big, he is like, the most evil person ever in a movie. Like, he has no redeeming qualities. He's pure evil. Like, there's in every essence and form of a villain. And he's just absolutely ruthless in this movie. They um, apparently psychologists said that uh, is the best. Like they said, it's the best portrayal of a psychopath in any movie. <laughs> yes. Um, my one of my favorite scenes in the movie is the. It's almost therapeutic. I'd be like, there's doctors yeah, out there who know, probably are like, oh, this is nice. I, I, I honestly think I had a conversation with my mom about this. She was a nurse and about this scene because she really enjoys this movie. Um, there's a scene where um, Anton gets in a little scuffle fight with some other guys and he gets shot and kills the rest. But he basically needs to remove the bullet from his leg and clean it out and sew it up. And it's not like most movies where it's a quick cut and they just show him kind of fixing it up. It's like a three minute detailed scene of every process for him to clean the wound, remove the bullet, sew it up um you know patch it up and it's like i think extremely realistic in everything he does um to make it that way and a lot of people there's just like a weird it's gross like you see him pulling the bullet out and how much he's bleeding but it's therapeutic in a way yeah. i very much enjoy that scene and uh i guess real quick just uh kind of rounding out the cast 
so we have Tommy Lee Jones. He plays the sheriff uh, at Tom Bell. We have Aunt, uh, Javier Bardem. He plays Anton Chigurh. Uh, we have Josh Brolin, who plays Willow and Moss, and Woody Harrelson plays Carson Wells. He's like a, another bounty hunter uh, character who who kind of comes into the story. Um, but I guess what what would you give this movie out of five? I believe on my letterbox I gave it a four and a half out of five. So for me, in the, the Sam Keener letterbox scale, that's very very good. I would for me. I've seen the movie two or three times. It's almost hard for me to rewatch just because of how intense it is. And, um, you know, spoilers, the ending is not extremely feel good or redeeming. Um, but okay. I think that's that's the whole. Yeah, that's the whole point of the movie. I think it's a good ending still. But for me, it can just be a tough movie to watch again with how intense it is. But, you know, talking more about it, I need I, I'm going to think I'm going to rewatch it. Maybe get Mally to watch it with me. But. I don't think she um, would I give, like it. I, I don't know she, she probably. <laughs> I don't think she probably wouldn't like it. But I, I, yeah, I'd give it a four and a half. I think I could be compelled at some point to push that to a five because it's really, it's a great movie. It's just my own preference of how intense of a movie it is if I can rewatch it over and over and over again. But mm-hmm. what about you? Yeah, for me, it's a five. Uh, mm-hmm. I have, I have no problems with this movie at all. I think it's a masterclass. Uh, in, on every front, the acting, the writing, uh, the cinematography is amazing. The music is great. The editing is really, really good. And I, and I think the scene you had mentioned before about him cleaning out uh, his his gunshot wound is a perfect testament to that. So many other movies will have just kind of breezed through that. But we see the yeah. entire process, including um, the lengths he goes to to get the medicine that he needs, which I won't spoil it because it's very it's a very enjoyable scene. Um, but just we see the entire process that this guy goes through. And, and not only is it satisfying to watch, but it does tell you a lot about his character. I think there's stuff like that throughout the entire movie that just it shows you. It doesn't tell you. It, it shows you who these characters are. And it's it's just... It doesn't get any better than this. This this is like a perfect movie in my book. And Josh Brolin, um, you know, he's pretty hot when it comes to him having lead roles because, I mean, this is considered by many the greatest movie of all time in so many instances. On IMDb, it's 8.2 out of 10, which is um, extremely high for that rating. I'm not sure what the Metacritic is. Um, But, you know, going talking about Josh Brolin, I mean, he's really good in this movie. I don't, I, I think, you know, uh, Javier Bardem steals the show because it's just, just his how good he is yeah. as a villain. But his, Josh, his haircut too. His, yeah, his haircut that I read that his wife hated that and she was just like, I don't even look at him when he had that straight floppy hair. It's it's so bad. But um, Josh Brolin's good in this movie. He just plays a good role. He plays it perfectly. Like, I don't know who else you would cast as his character in this movie. Um, but was there. Anything specifically that you liked in this movie about Josh? I mean, you've seen it way more than I do. Yeah. So I don't know if you have anything that sticks out to you more. I think it's just, it's, maybe it's not even just his performance, but I think the the writing is so strong and he rises to the occasion. Um, and there's there's a lot of sequences that where there's there's minimal dialogue, there's not a lot going on, and you're watching him work through something or you're watching yeah. him solve a problem and he just has this great screen presence 
and you're you're wondering, okay, what's he doing? What how's he gonna get out of this? What what is he thinking about? And you just kind of see it on his face, like you just get this. You just kind of know everything you need to know from the sequence and and just how he plays it. Um, I think it, it it's just it is a great role. It maybe it's not the most like crazy role he's ever had, but I think it is just a great performance backed up by some great writing. Yeah, it's it's a really good movie. I love the trivia on it is really interesting too. I'd recommend. Um, if you haven't seen the movie, go watch it. It's on HBO Max right now. I know we spoil. Actually, we really didn't spoil anything there. But yeah, um, well, let's. I mean, yeah, if because I think you really can't talk that much more about the movie without getting into some pretty spoilery stuff. So I mean, I would say maybe if you have not seen it, go watch it. It is an excellent movie. Yeah, um, I don't and, know how much. And more... Maybe try and come back to this episode because uh, I. I mean, I would love to talk about. You know, kind of the ending. Yeah, we, we'll we'll talk about the ending here, um, and then a few other things. And um, so, if you haven't seen the movie, come back and watch it. But we'll just briefly talk about um, some more of our favorite things that are more mm-hmm. spoiler heavy. But like I said, it's on HBO Max, um, so go check it out if you have that. Yeah. But yeah, talk. I mean, the ending—that's something that <laughs> it's definitely not feel good. I mean, dude, he's that's brutal. How. Uh, Oh, I forgot his characters. Anton just tracks everyone down. Like he leaves no one yep. alive. Like that's horrible. But definitely, well, definitely the the most controversial thing about the movie, and I I've shown this to a bunch of people for the first time, where I was like, oh, you need to watch it, and every time without fail, they were very confused, very upset by Josh Brolin dying off screen. Yeah like 70% of the way through the movie. Because the whole something... time you think he's he's the main character. Yeah. And yeah. they killed the main character three quarters of the way through the movie. How do they kill him again? Or do we know how he the, even got yeah, killed? The drug, the like the drug cartel, they track him down. Uh, um, we kind of we kind of saw like, okay, like they, they seem to have found him. And then it fades to black. And then it cuts to Tommy Lee Jones' character driving uh to meet him and then we see the cartel driving away and then tommy lee jones walks in on josh brolin's dead body and we did and we saw yeah. this guy get through several encounters with with anton chigurh and all sorts of other um very dangerous situations and then he dies off screen yeah it's... i think it's a great choice i, th- yeah. I think it's really interesting and the fact that um Wow, unless I remember the fact that Anton goes back and he kills his wife. Yeah. That I was like, oh my. And she was like trying to talk her way mm-hmm. out of it and just understand. It. And he was just like, dude, that's just like who he was. He's like, yeah. I don't, I'm here to finish the job completely. And she, he could have easily just left her alive and it wouldn't have really changed anything because she knew there was nothing she could control. But he's just like, yeah, yeah I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just finish the job. And that just really is a, telling to his character as like a psychopath he didn't even mm-hmm. need to do that but he wanted to he wanted to just finish it and yeah and the whole coin um the coin deal un- really unforgettable he this this is a guy who all of his morality if you want to call it that is derived from just life is chaos 
Um, and so I'm going to make decisions based on something. And that's something he chooses is his coin. He flips a coin to make decisions often. Um, Does he kill that guy in the gas station? No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. I'm be- I know, but I should have probably rewatched this. It's a it's a long movie. I had a busy week, and I had to watch. It's a long know, movie. Yeah. We had to watch Jonah Hex, which was only an hour. We, yeah, but yeah. it's just man, it, it's it's a really good movie. I'm, I'm reading the trivia, and some things there's some other things sticking out to me. Um, apparently, Heath Ledger was in talks to play the main role. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this I was mean, before this, yeah. but then he went on to I think film The Dark Knight for Joker right. so that worked out well for him um, it was the first Oscar movie to be Oscar winning film to be edited using Final Cut Pro which is kind of an interesting uh, fact um, but yeah it's a, it's definitely what I, what I was mentioning earlier it's just weird because it's a Coen Brothers movie I think it's cool that the Coen brothers almost prove themselves in a way of like, yeah, we do these wacky tongue in cheek humor, dry humor movies, but we're going to make the best movie of all time and win best picture. And, you know, I just think that's really cool that they, they could do everything. Like they prove that they are so versatile in that way. They can make something like that. So no country for men was nominated for best picture and it won. Uh, it also won against atonement Juno, uh, there will be blood, and Michael Clayton. Oh, there will be blood was that year. Yes, another Man. cool bit of trivia: there will be blood was shooting, like right next to No Country for Old Men, and specifically in, in some of the scenes in that movie where there was a lot of smoke coming from the oil. Um, uh, <laughs> the what do you call it? The oil rigs. Or yeah, it, but there was rigs. smoke. Smoke like thick amounts of or big like a lot of uh thick black smoke and it was billowing like onto the set of no country for old men so they had to stop some shooting uh and while things kind of got sorted out uh best director uh joel Joel cohen and ethan cohen were nominated for best director and they won um and they won against the directors of Juno, who's Jason Reitman, There Will Be Blood, Paul Thomas Anderson, and then I have no idea what um, The Diving Bell and The Butterfly is. Don't know what that is. Um, and then Tony Gilroy, who did Michael Clayton, he also did uh, Rogue One. Or he he's a writer on Rogue One, and he's the creator of Andor, which is also excellent. Um, nominated for Best Actor, Tommy... Or no, I'm sorry. Tommy Lee Jones was not. He was nominated for something else, even though he was in this, too. Uh, no Best Actor nominations, no Best Actress, Best Supporting, supporting actor. actor. Okay. Yep, Javier, Javier Bardem was nominated and won, uh, and he was up against Casey Affleck in The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford, which is one of my least favorite movies of all time. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, rest in peace, in uh, from uh, Charlie Wilson's War, and Hal Holbrook and Tom Wilkinson in Into the Wild. Oh, Into the Wild. Oh, nice. And uh, Michael Clayton, respectively. And then anything else? Best Adapted Screenplay, it was nominated and won. Uh, I think that's about it. But that's a pretty good amount of yeah. 
awards in a, a pretty stacked year, especially just going up against There Will Be Blood, which is also known as one of the best movies of all time. Um, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty crazy, you know, how yeah. that, that was a really stacked year. But yeah. it's overall, I think Josh, Josh has a good, a good movie on the old resume. So, uh, you know, as he's getting older, he's going to be taking on some of these different roles. But it's a great movie. You, you know, this is making me I'm going to watch it tomorrow, I think. Michael, you've convinced me. Yeah, do it. No football. I think I'll watch it. But, you know, I think that's all we probably got here. I'd say go watch No Country for Old Men. Mm-hmm. Honestly, go watch Jonah <laughs> go Hex. Go watch Jonah Hex, too. Yeah, honestly. Because um, they're just really great movies. Um, but, yeah. And then, you got any recommendations for the week outside? No Country for Old Men, I'd say that's kind of like our movie rec for the week. I'd say since it's easy to stream and watch right now. Um, yeah. Last of Us, new episode coming out. Um, obviously, it came out tonight when we're recording, but um, I think it's a really great show if you guys haven't been watching yeah. it, even if you haven't played the video game. But anything else that you'd recommend for the week? Um, I I finished, was it this morning I finished uh, season one of The Bear on Hulu. Excellent show. Good. Uh, I, I think it's just really great. If, if you at all enjoy stuff about like food, making of food, if you've ever worked... If you ever worked in the food industry, period, you should watch this show. Or even if you've ever worked a job that's just very stressful, very fast-paced, you're going to relate to this a lot. It's a very intense show. It's very uh, stressful. I really could never watch more than one episode at a time. I have to have like a couple days in between just because it's just, wow. It's just, it's a tough watch, but it's really, really good. Um, so I, I recommend The Bear on Hulu. I, I definitely recommend it as well. Good stuff. Uh, great, great show. It is a little stressful. It's very fast. Each episode's like 20-something minutes, though. So yeah. you can really run right through that show real quick. But, yeah. Um, you know, as always, we appreciate um, whoever's listening to this podcast. You know, we definitely want to keep doing this. We want to keep getting more listeners. So, you know, make sure... If you liked it, enjoy it. Share it with some friends. Um, share it with your parents. Share it with your college professor. Share it with your boss. I don't care. Share it with everyone you know if they like movies. Even if they don't like movies. Maybe Crash can be the first movie they watch. And then they'll never watch a movie again because they'll be traumatized for the rest of their life. But we really um, do appreciate you listening to this podcast. Um, if you enjoyed it, again, be sure to give it a five-star rating. If you listen on Spotify or Apple, that will help us out as well. Um, so we can keep pushing it farther and farther up on the old charts. So um, we uh, we try to take uh, feedback from from all of y'all who offered it. So we really do appreciate all of you guys who listened to the first episode and uh, gave us your thoughts on that. So hopefully we can kind of start to craft this into really the perfect podcast that we want it to be. Uh, I do have one one final closing thought on uh, Josh Brolin, if if you'll uh, allow. Oh, I allow it. I welcome it. Josh Brolin, if you ever hear this, your voice sounds like whiskey and hard work. That was nice, Michael. I maybe, just, maybe you can DM it to him on Instagram. Yeah. He might enjoy it. And maybe it, he'll it share a podcast. Sounds like whiskey and, and wood smoke. Yeah. Yeah. Josh. Love please you, Josh. Listen, please listen to this podcast, Josh. But. Thanks for tuning in, guys. 
Um, keep up the, you know, help, the critiques. We love that stuff. Um, it helps make us make us better, makes the podcast, podcast better, and we want to make sure that, you know, you guys are enjoying it too. So um, since you're the ones listening to it. But thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Hopefully.